Welcome to Broadway Radio. We've just met Christine Petty. How are you? Good morning. Hi, I'm Grace. I'm, I'm Grace. Hey, Grace. Uh, I'm in Cincinnati. Wow. And um, I, we, we had a conversation. Who was I talking to? I was having a conversation with somebody and <laughs> I just kept on saying, well, you know, I'll, you know, I was doing such a that in Cincinnati and blah, blah, blah in Cincinnati. And I decided yeah. that the term anything you say is funnier if you end it with in Cincinnati. Yeah, that is that is pretty good, actually. Just like fortune cookies, you're supposed to put in bed at the end of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll find much luck and prosperity and future in bed. Well, just add in Cincinnati to the end of any sentence and it's funny. That's I mean, I feel like that's the new you can start this trend. You're, <laughs> you're making it happen. I really appreciate it. You could say anything. Cincinnati. I picked yep. up this book and it was you know what? There was some like weird pictures in the back, but I picked it up. You know, it was in Cincinnati. Yeah. You're like, Cincinnati. Okay, well, they do that, I guess. I appreciate that as a girl from the South, because people always do something like horrible South. And I'm like, no, it could be funny. Picked it up in Georgia. It's not as funny. It's just not. <laughs> Georgia's not funny. That's interesting. What are the funny states? What are the funny cities? Funny cities, definitely. Cincinnati, funny city. Atlanta, not so funny. Not so funny. No, Bro- take that parade. Suck it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> they know, they know it's not as funny. Um, but no, like I, I'm such a fan of yours and I'm so in love with all of your work. And um, you'd worked with like my comedic uh, kind of like teacher, uh, Rick Crome in musical and like, ah, yeah, yes. like what a fan. <laughs> so there's a, there's a, multi, a multi-hyphenate if ever there was one. That's so true. You know, he created, he wrote, he created musical, wrote the original music and lyrics to a show that ran for 10 years. Mm-hmm. It broke records, you know, yeah. by the way. Um, broke Forbidden Broadway's record. I think it broke all records for a couple of, on a couple of different, um, you know, data, pieces of data. Yeah, multiple platforms of breaking records. And it was, it was pretty astounding. And I think people like kind of forget, I'm like, no, the off-Broadway scene was such a thing. Like, like very recently. It's just changed a lot. employed for 20, 20 years plus. Yeah. consistently off Broadway in musical in forbidden Broadway mm-hmm. in forbidden Hollywood in Spamilton. And yeah. even at one point I did, I did uh, two shows on a Saturday. I did musical and Miss Abigail's guide to dating, mating and marriage. Cause I would leave the musical. I would leave musical at like 20 to three. Was it two o'clock three, 20 to four. I would, race over to Miss Abigail's and get there by like, it was, it's 20 to four equals yeah. three, 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 three forty. I get there by like three fifty six, oh, and God. I would have five minutes to, you know, change into her costume and hit the stage at about, you know, four oh maybe four or five or four or something. And I did that for, I don't know, six months or something like that. Um, oh my God. So I actually did two off-Broadway shows. It was, it was only one performance a week, but it was still just thanks. Thanks to off-Broadway. Thank you off-Broadway. Yeah. But see, that's the thing is like, I think that that's what's so exciting, especially with these long running shows that you were doing. Like, even though you're saying, oh, it was just one show a week, that's still doing two shows at once as a performer. That's insane. Yeah, on a Saturday. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was all, it was all, it was almost like a one woman show because she just yeah. talked and talked and talked and talked. And then there were the hot, um, 
assistant that she had <laughs> who would hand her her books and help her in the lecture. He had a couple of lines here and there. And then at the end they had, they had interaction, but anyway. Um, uh, but that's yeah, the thing. You're, you have like that Carol Burnett, like quality of like being able to kind of uplift and, and play so many different facets of a role. And, and I, I can't imagine all these different voices coming out of you in one day, especially like given the fact that like you've had shows and concerts where you have done just that. So it's like, it's, it's just amazing to me. And I'm, I'm just, we're, I don't know anybody that has not just like YouTube deep dived you and just not been like, how, how, how is she like, it's just so astounding. So thank you again oh, for, thank for you. joining us. <laughs> thank you so great. much. That means a lot, especially since yeah. you, you sound so young, you know, and, um, well, I got to keep it sounding young. They, they want you to say I'm 30, but like they, <laughs> Oh, that's young. That's, that's young. You'll, you'll find out that that's young. At least yeah. it should be. And, and that's another thing, you know, that they, mm -hmm. we're, 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 we're barreling through certain prejudices yeah. in the world very quickly these days as we should be. And, it, and it's what's funny is some of them are recent, like, you know, gender fluidity. Um, yeah. it, it, it wasn't always around. Mm -hmm. um, it's been around relatively. It's been people have been aware of it for yeah. a shorter amount of time. And people have been aware of the prejudices for a shorter amount of time than the prejudices mm -hmm. of race and the prejudices of of women. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, happily, we're barreling through that one. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, we're <laughs> women's rights, you know, you're still got issues with that as, <laughs> as ridiculous as it sounds, but me too, where that really just made a, made us move forward in leaps and, you know, race. Oh God, yeah. if, if only right. You know, it just still astounds, but how about ageism? Yeah. And no. How about the concept that it, it, it just doesn't make any sense that people only want to hear a story if it comes out of a young and beautiful yes. vessel. Um, yeah. Which really isn't true, but I don't think we realize it until we just, you know, try the other. I know um, it's, it's a weird thing because like, I see it often with like, I, I mean, I'm on like this side of TikTok of like a lot of like young women being like, how come there are no like funny roles? And I'm like, well, I think actually this has to do with ageism. Like, I think that it's actually beyond what we think it is. Like no one's writing funny women. It's like, we've, we've boxed out like an entire generation of, of those abilities. And it's, it's, I, I'm scared for it all the time. Cause I'm like, well, it can't just be like ingenue looks and sounds like this. And right. that's the only woman. Like, I'm just so I'm bored with, it, you know? I, I just listened to, a, um, an audio book about Lucy and Desi, Lucy, mm -hmm. Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. And, you know, she was, she was panicking at 30 in the, in the movie business that it was mm -hmm. over. And that would be in approximately for her in the 1940s when that happened. Oh, and, um, it, 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 it was terrifying. And then, you know, there were references and I happened to be watching a lot of journal classic movies mm -hmm. to Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Yeah. And they, they're just, it's been going on for a long, long time. And yet, you know, we love our golden girls and, and it's yeah. not just because they're, they tell old jokes, No, they tell, they tell funny jokes and yeah. we love Judy Dench and we love any, any of our, um, uh, grand dams and, and, you know, national treasures who have aged 
into their 70s, 80s, and 90s, and Angela Lansbury. And I know that they, they just don't think that the 20-somethings are, I don't know. Yeah, but not at all. It's a weird thing. The next thing to be addressed. I know. I know. I, I, I really I couldn't do. agree more. Call my agent, please. Um. So yeah, <laughs> like I think that that's it's so funny. So I I don't know if it totally transitions into I totally I want to talk about this new show that you're doing. It uh, does the, transition into yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 I was like, Lady oh. Brack. Lady Bracknell is a mm-hmm. is a is a famed dowager part you know yes. of a, a, a woman of a certain age who's although ironically she yeah. probably would only be in her 40s in the importance of being in oh, earnest goodness that and is wild traditionally thing. yeah yeah she would only have been in her 40s uh, her daughter was only 20 i don't know 20 something maybe mm-hmm. in the importance of being earnest if she had her in her 20s she which she would have in that place she would have been in her 40s traditionally she's played by women up into their 60s maybe even older sometimes just because of the way she's 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 written as a a, a fixed stodgy um character and so people yeah. give leeway for that nobody cares right <laughs> so that's great <laughs> nobody cares and in this sequel this is a sequel to the importance of being earnest called the rewards of being frank and lady bracknell has um her daughter gwendolyn married to earnest and her nephew Algernon married to Cecily. So those are the original Mm -hmm. five of the original characters. And now those two couples are married and Lady Bracknell lives with her daughter and Ernest. And it's a typical mother-in-law situation. Mm -hmm. Ernest would prefer it not to be the case. And um, so now she's sort of doesn't have as much um, to do and as much official power because the marrying of her daughter was a, a, a full-time occupation back in those yeah. days, marrying a daughter off or any child. Now she's got grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So she's trying to find a, a suitable tutor for the grandchildren. So she's, you know, imposing her opinion and her, her iron fist into everything that her, her daughter and um, the other couple, Cecily and, and Algernon do because they live right next door to each other. So she's still the matriarch of the family. Um, and then things um, expand and grow when we learn things about her that sort of defy her age. And, you know, she's she's still um, takes on new challenges. I can't give anything away. So I know I was going to say nice to say that this <laughs> that, that this play speaks to what we've been talking about, mm. coincidentally, you know, about ageism and stuff like that. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it, no, it's not a preachy play or anything. It is a, it is, it is an homage to mm-hmm. the style of the importance of being earnest. It's either he, Oscar Wilde called yeah. it a frivolous play for trivial people, oh. or a trivial play for frivolous, frivolous people. people. I can't remember which it was. <laughs> I like both. Um, I think they like serve both. different and, purposes. <laughs> and she, but you know, so that's a perfect, and it's a perfect subtitle. Because you really, you know, the importance of being earnest, you don't know what you're getting. And then you yeah. see that subtitle and, you, and then you know what you're getting. Yeah. Then you, you know, you fully understand. And so Alice, um, our playwright, has has stuck with the, the rhythms and the flowery language mm. and um, everything she could possibly do to be true to the style of Oscar Wilde and be true to the characters and then just jumped off and turn some corners 
to to you know make it applicable to a more modern audience and almost to the way we like to think Oscar Wilde would have written it if he had the freedom to do so. Yeah. He didn't have the freedom to refer to certain things, mm. you know, in, 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 in the social world and he could only allude to them. And, um, and that's what his plays were about. We're about social constraints and the hypocrisy of them. I mean, almost, almost consistently. And uh, even the funny ones, you know, but he had a lot of serious ones too. Yeah, I think it's, I'm excited by this kind of like new chapter of a lot of, especially like female writers or uh, people of different gender expressions, like kind of reframing some classics or sometimes like creating some type of like sequel or some type of, you know, and this. And I think that we're giving a lot of like modern writers an opportunity to reframe to what you, to your point of like, this is maybe how Oscar now, now that we have the language, we can say this. And he couldn't, he, yeah. he had constraints at the time. So I'm excited mm-hmm. by that. I think a lot of times people say, you know, the dumbest things of like, well, it's not original. And I'm like, okay, name a, name a, you know, ALW Sondheim piece that was totally, totally, totally original. Like I'll wait, you know what I mean? Like, I think that there's so much to be said for how we get to reframe things as, as modern writers. I don't writers. care if it's original. Yeah. I don't care if it's if it's <laughs> inspired by. I don't right. care if it's an adaptation of. It's just got to be funny and good. It's got to be it's good. Gotta be, <laughs> it's got to be moving and touching and good. And and it, it, you can make something very original out of something that's mm-hmm. inspired the, the, out of something inspired by a previous piece of you know material. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, sure. Sit down and write something original. Rock on. I absolutely yeah. <laughs> do it. Um, but I just hope it's not about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I hope you it's know. good. <laughs> I mean, Shakespeare didn't write anything original. You know, I mean, everything was, yeah. but you think he did. And then you go, what? It was based on an ancient Greek. What? It was yeah. based on a Roman myth. It was based on a, a real life character. You, you know, I mean, he, yeah. he, even he needed his, his, the kindling. Yeah. Yeah. So, so- yeah. We're we're happy. We're all very, very happy with this brand new world premiere, never before done in public piece that only had a table read, I think. Oh wow. At some point prior to coming to the Cincinnati Shakespeare Theater. So um you know, I mean it, and there's room for there's room for polishing and 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 changes and nips and tucks and you know, what mm-hmm. have you. And that's that's the beauty of this. It's a collaborative yeah. teaming between the Cincinnati Shakespeare Company and the New York Classical Theater. Oh, nice. So the show came and started in Cincinnati, where it was built on premises with all of their incredible resources, their scenic shop and their costume shop. And, um, you know, everything got to be done in one place. And, um, you know, the structure was built and now uh, we are performing it here. And now... Yeah. It goes on to New York, and so it doesn't cost New York the money it would have cost them to, right. to, to create develop. it from the ground up. Yeah, mm-hmm. to develop from the physically, literally physically, right. the, physical, the physical cost, you know, of sets and costumes and what have you, and also the the development because we, you know, we did do a, a lot of cuts and a lot of a lot of tweaks and nips and tucks in the rehearsal process in Cincinnati, and uh, so they they co opted the project basically they they yeah. co-parented they co-parented 
this little rewards of being frank and and in doing so they were able to um, put it on its feet because it was in such good shape you know that's the mm-hmm. thing it it yeah. was worthy of a production because it was in very it it is in really very decent shape for a brand new play that you know normally there'd be a lab it get to happen a yeah a lot of workshops or and 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 they and I believe in those things so desperately you know I just had a I just had a bitch fest in the dressing room because <laughs> because you know what drives me crazy mm. and Chip Zion and I bonded over this you go to do a reading of a musical okay. And it's a whatever, 29 hour reading. And the first day, the first full day, almost without exception, after you've maybe read through the piece, is now we're going to work on music. And it's harmonies. They work Mm. on harmonies for like the first full day into the second day. They'll stop rehearsals for a, you know, a half hour, hour music rehearsal for the harmonies for the group. And and I'm saying, who cares? I mean, we know the melody. We know it's a group number. Just have everybody sing it and just deal with the structure, deal with the plot, deal with the, the, all of the structural stuff and listen to the play over and over and over again with the music, without the harmony, save those precious five, six, seven hours that yeah. they've, you know, where they could have done three runs of the show with the new changes, you know, drives mm. me up the wall. It's, it's, and I know that good luck telling that to a composer. I know, I know. But, um, <laughs> it's about the harmonies and all the, you're, you're overshooting the main problem to get to fixing details, which that stuff should be done later on. Yeah. You know? Nobody ever left a reading of a new play no. or a workshop and said, God, the harmonies get Oh, be wow. Those harmonies were fabulous, weren't they? You know, <laughs> um, wow, gosh, that play is going to make it on the harmonies alone. Um, unless you're yeah. unless you're talking about harmony the musical there you <laughs> go different. which i no. wish i could see well hopefully you'll get to see it again i hope so soon. too i was Fingers out of crossed. town when it was Fall. playing and just mm. devastated yeah. yeah um no i'm 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 yeah i appreciate these like it, it's such a yeah it's it's such the world of of the grievances and and but to your point of like talking about new work. I love that that you've gotten to develop it um, in this collaborative process in Cincinnati, the funniest name in America. <laughs> and um, now it's going to be coming to New York Classical Theater off-Broadway. So this is The Rewards of Being Frank. It plays March 3rd through the 26th at the Mezzanine Theater, um, ART New York Theaters. Opening night is March 5th. That's so soon. So you're going to jump know. from Cincinnati to, to New York again. I know. I'm just going to go home and dust for four days. <laughs> I've been here for seven weeks, so I'm gonna my, gonna try to act, get my dog to remember what 57th Street looks like. Oh wow! Because um, he's used to living across the street from a sweet little park. And oh. God bless my little my little show business dog, Clarence. Clarence he's is adorable. Been... I got to see Clarence at the top of the the ch- the chat, and I have oh. to say, like, what an adorable dog! <laughs> yeah. he, he was he was in, at the Wick Theater with me in the spring. Mm lived in my dressing room during the show and in the wings. He sat in the wings with me very quietly. We just took his bell off and he would just wait for me to finish the scene and then just sit quietly next to me. And um, he is uh, uh, also given to me by Bill Berloni, the um, the famed dog and animal trainer of Broadway. He and his wife, Dorothy, found this dog for me. 
And so I give them much credit and a lot of gratitude because he's just, oh, he's truly an emotional support. He's the best. I mean, yeah, he is uh, the perfect animal for me. I love you, Clarence. All right. <laughs> we need the rewards of being Clarence as like a rewards of like a subtitle. Yes. Yeah. There it is. Yes. Yes. Anyway, we're we're very happy with the rewards of being Frank. Um everybody involved is incredibly talented. We're gonna bring three act we're gonna bring one, two, four actors. The four New York actors are gonna return to the New York production and the two Cincinnati actors who are a couple. Mm. Will be um, Jeremy Dubin and and uh, Kelly Mangelcook are going to be uh, joining us as well in New York Amazing. from Cincinnati. And and a funny little sidebar is that Kelly, I worked many years with Kelly's identical twin sister, Kristen Mangelcook, in um, musical. Oh my gosh! And it was just the wildest thing to walk into rehearsal. <laughs> And just be like, oh, hi. That is the wackiest thing. But they are very much their own person. And it was the, it was just the loveliest because they're both possibly talented girls and incredibly nice girls. So the whole the whole circumstance is just lovely. Everyone involved is lovely. Our director, Stephen Birdman, is wonderful, kind and supportive and open to everything we have to say. And the worst thing I have to say about the show is the corsets are killing me. But that's about it. Man, I'm just yeah. Oh, that's that's part of it, and that's part of it. Sometimes. Oh yeah, shoes hurting are the other part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. Well, that's and that's why that's why we get to walk the dog and we get to like have our peace with some no heeled shoes. There. It oh is. yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Well, everybody, please go see the rewards of being Frank um, in production March third through the twenty sixth at the Mezzanine Theater. Like we said, it's a great cast. It's a great group of people. The collaborative process. Now you've heard all about getting here at the. Uh, you're now you're like so primed to see the show. So I'm excited for everybody. To oh, see the tickets are free, by the way. Do you know that the tickets are free? No, I didn't know that. Okay, oh so gosh. it's first come. It's this is the this is important people pay attention to what I'm about to tell you. The tickets are free. So it's first come first serve. Now, if you're nervous, yeah, but what if I show up and there's already 99 people there, you know, cause it's a small theater. Well, you can also buy a ticket with your credit card mm-hmm. for $35. And then after the show, you just go to the box office and they will give you cash back. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So of course, of course, New York Classical would love you to just donate the $35 and not ask for your cash back, but they put their money where their mouth is and they walk the walk and it is free theater. So if you want to secure a seat and reserve a seat, you mm-hmm. can do so for $35, which is refundable if you just go to the box office at the end of the show. And uh, so that's how you can save yourself the stress of showing up and thinking, am I going to get in? Uh, you know, Because they're going to be turning people away. Um, but I think that's incredible. That is amazing. Yeah. Everybody uh, stop refreshing your, did you win the lottery and just run to see the rewards of being Frank. That is incredible, accessible theater. And I love hearing that. So thank you all to New York classical theater. That's, that's incredible. I love learning that. Thank you for sharing that. Oh my God. They do free theater in the parks around the city Mm -hmm. all summer there. It's all about free theater with them. Oh, and they are, what the term they use is equitable because they yeah. um, they they are equity. They pay everybody now. They don't have any unpaid interns anymore. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they've decided to, it, they are just, that's the way it ought they to are be doing it upright. And, yeah. and, um, they are really wonderful. So support them. Yeah, please. You know? If you have the means to, to purchase that $35 ticket, please do so that, so that you can continue to help fund the arts. If you're in a place to do that, please do. But otherwise, Christine Penny, what an honor. I'm obsessed with you and I'm so excited to have this conversation. Aww. I can't wait to see you. This is Thank amazing. You. Please let me know when you're coming. You know, I, I assume there's only one way out of that theater. <laughs> so. That's that's so honest. It's just like, well, there it is. It's, it's yeah. there. And um, I'll say hello. I'll say hello and meet. Oh, I love that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Broadway Radio with Christine Petty. Please go see the rewards of being frank. This has been Grace Aki, and we'll see you later.